0: It's Christmas season, right? And we've been focusing for the last several weeks on giving. And we, our series has been called A Time to Give. And we talked each week about the expectations that come around giving, that there are expectations on the giving side. When you give a gift, there's expectations. How much to give, who to give to, do I reciprocate, those types of things. But then there are expectations on the receiving side, saying, okay, what do I do with this gift? You know, uh, what, you know, it's not the right size, or I just don't like it, I don't need it, I don't want it. What do you do? And I just we gave a little survey last week, but I'm wondering how many, first of all, received at least one gift this week of some sort. Oh, if there's anyone that didn't get a gift, come and see me after. I'll give you a big hug. <laughs> So we all received something, my guess, all right? Now, how many, be honest, got something that you either didn't like, couldn't use, didn't need, didn't want, or it didn't fit, all right? So that's a big category, all right? All right, all right, so a few of you, okay, all right. Now, out of those that just raised your hands, how many of you braved Black Friday-like traffic on Friday this week uh, and returned a gift? Anybody return a gift? Other than me, if Saturday, Friday, Saturday, you're planning on returning today, not very many. I'm surprised. Well, I, so, I told you a couple weeks ago, in our family, we return gifts, and uh, I got a gift. I'm not going to tell you who it's from, and my wife and I, we got out on Friday, and we were, we were taking, you know, we were, you know got out to Granville, and uh, this is ridiculous. I just, I, I'm still kind of worked up about this. I want to get it off my chest this morning. I got a, uh, should I tell them what it was? I'll just tell you. I got a coat hanger that was supposed, like in, that was made to hang belts on, a belt hanger, not a coat hanger, a belt hanger. And no, I wear one belt. That's my one belt. And I got a belt hanger a few years ago from the same person. So, <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm just saying. So I, I, I in my own way. I was like, wow, this is great. Where would you get something like this? And it came out that it came out at Meyer. all right? It came out at Meyer. so I'm like, well, I'm going to return it. <laughs> Meijer will take it back. This is not an exaggeration. This is the truth. 19 cents they gave me for the coat hanger. I walked away with 19 cents on a gift card. <laughs> it's highway robbery. That's all I got to say, <laughs> But hopefully, if you, if you need a, a coat hanger, um, I mean a belt hanger, whatever, or a coat hanger, you could use it for a lot of things. I should have just kept it and kept my mouth shut. And now it's going to be on the internet, and the, hopefully the person that gave me the gift isn't going to be too bad. <laughs> but I feel better sharing it, so anyway. <laughs> well, our series has been about uh, things that we can't really return, okay? The unreturnable and we've said it's a time to give hope, a time to give peace, and a time to give joy, is what we've kind of talked about. And each week we've looked at a bunch of different circumstances, and they're kind of represented here on these cards. Uh, just different, this is a variety of things that potentially life circumstances that could get us down, that could keep us from hope or peace or joy. And uh, and sometimes debt creeps in, or addiction creeps in, or cancer creeps in, or we get laid off, or whatever the case might be. But I, what we've said each week, week is that we can still, no matter what happens, no matter what the circumstances, we can receive hope and peace and joy, but also we can give that we can give it away we can be hope we can be peacemakers and we can bring joy into a dark world and that's our responsibility church and that's what we've been talking about well today we want to focus and kind of wrap up this idea of gift giving with the greatest gift you will ever receive it's a gift so good that you didn't even think about it it's nothing you've even asked for it's nothing you can earn you can't deserve it We want to focus on the implications of this gift, of this great gift, and what does this one gift do? How does it change our lives? What does it accomplish when we receive it and the answer is found in the christmas story and this week i hope and pray that you took the time to read the christmas story or to share the christmas story uh, in your home or with your family or by yourself you know getting through the scripture and uh, hopefully that just you know blessed you this week but in the christmas story if you boil it all down there's it can really be boiled down to one famous verse And I'm going to ask all the kids, uh, you know, let's see, let's go all the kids and the students, so like 18 and under, I want you all to stand. If you're 18 and under, I want you to stand right where you are. Uh, We're going to see if these kids know this famous verse. Uh, First of all, does anyone want to take a guess of what verse I might be thinking? John 3.16, yes! Were you looking at my notes? Let's give them a hand, all right? So in John 3.16... Let's see how the how the students uh, do. All right, we'll just say it together, or you guys say it together on the count of three. One, two, three, four. All right, I heard about three different versions. Not bad. <laughs> now we're gonna add the King James version. All right, everybody, stand up. <laughs> And we'll try to do it, whatever version you learn it in, just say it b- boldly, proudly, even if your neighbor's messing up or doesn't know it, you know, for some reason. Let's say John 3:16. the Christmas story boiled down to this one verse on the count of three. One, two, three. For <sighs> That's awesome. Give yourselves a hand. You can be seated, all right? <laughs> so, you know, I heard some whosoevers <laughs> still, and uh, I learned it in the NIV, and uh, and some of you guys learned it in uh, the ESV and uh, other versions, King James, or whatever. Um, but the idea is that God so loved, and it really uh, the story, it all starts and ends with love, doesn't it? We've been talking about love, even our prayer today, and the songs we sang, and then it says that He gave. The first Christmas gift was God's Son. Amen? Why do we give gifts? Because God started the tradition of giving at the first Christmas. And that Christmas story is wrapped up in John 3.16. And, uh, so, and we, want, we want to be focused there this morning. But uh, whether you are excited or disappointed with the gifts that you received this year, this gift, the gift of God, will never disappoint you. The gift of God will not disappoint. And it's the most expensive gift. It's the greatest sacrifice, the greatest gift you will ever receive. In Romans chapter 8, verse 32, an interesting verse says, since God did not spare His own Son, so God sent His Son, same idea, but gave Him up for us all, right, for each of us, then can we expect that with Him, God will freely give us all of His gifts? That last part says that with Him, God will freely give us all of His gifts with him the riches of his graces all things god gives all things the idea here is that wrapped up in jesus are all the other gifts that god wants to give there are all kinds of things that god wants to pour into your life it's kind of like one of those gifts that you may have got at one point you know, when someone obnoxious uh, gets the great idea of wrapping like 10 different boxes to get down to the one small box you ever seen that you know you're like okay one more one more right well, the idea, when you read Scripture, the New Testament in particular, there's a theme of gifts that are available for us. You say, well, what kind of gifts do we get as Christ followers, as Christ believers? Ultimately, we, we get eternal life, a new destiny, and we th- we're thankful for that. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is what? eternal life through Christ Jesus. This gift is yet to come. We get to, as long as we're breathing on this side of eternity, we haven't passed over into eternity. But what about the benefits for today? What do we receive as Christ followers on this side of eternity? And that's what I want to focus, the gift of Jesus. The result is a new identity. A new identity. When I accepted Christ, God gave me a new identity. If you've accepted Christ, you have a new identity. Some of you may relate to this, this letter. It says, Pastor, I feel like my entire life I've been defined by other people. My mom constantly berated me to be something or someone she wanted me to be, but I had no interest in being. Sometimes my dad would join in. And the pressure to perform and to please and to gain their approval was overwhelming. I never felt validated growing up for who I really was. Then in school, I, was, I always felt pressured by my friends to fit in and to be cool and to do things I did not want to do or didn't like to do. I wore a mask and I pretended a lot most of the time throughout school. Then when I started dating and later when I married my spouse, I felt their constant pressure to please them and to stuff my own feelings and my needs to put theirs first. I've worried so much my entire life about gaining the approval of others that I don't know who I am, listen, or what I'm supposed to be. And when I read that letter, there's an identity problem in that letter, isn't there? In that circumstance. When I think of identity problems, my mind goes to identity theft, the largest growing crime in the world today. In fact, even your pastor on Black Friday, I had three illegitimate uh, expenses on my credit card, on the church credit card. And I promise I wasn't in Florida, I wasn't in Virginia, and I didn't buy some makeup for $150 and have it shipped somewhere else, and we kind of tracked it down. But it happens, identity theft. But the truth is, is that all of our identities have been stolen. Who we were made to be, and sometimes it's stolen by family or our parents. They want us to be something other than what God created us to be. Sometimes our identities can be stolen by friends or peers or partners or our profession can help with that. Identities can be stolen by the problems that surround us society and culture by the media talk this way walk this way look this way live this way the pressured to conform to a culture and not who to into who god created you to be how many have ever been there you know we get it right but most people they get their identity from one of three things or maybe a combination of these things their work their relationships or stuff things let me talk about these for a second the work they say, okay. You know, in fact, this happened to us last night. My wife and I, we, we visited with a, a couple that, or a, a, I guess a, a friend of ours from 15 years ago. We haven't seen her in 15 years, and now she's married. We met in, Grand, er, in uh, Allendale uh, for dinner. And we, as we met, what was the first thing we talked about? What kind of work we do? What, you know, who, you know, who are you? What are you? And you describe yourselves as an accountant or an electrician or a school teacher or a secretary or a pastor or a homemaker or whatever the case might be. But those are not who you are. We understand that that's not your identity, Right? Relationships can do the same thing. You're, you identify yourself as I'm a dad, or I'm a father, or I'm a husband, or an uncle, or a grandparent, or I'm the boss, or I'm an employee. By the people that we hang with, we identify ourselves, but that is not our true identity. You get it? And what about our stuff? This is huge. We identify ourselves with things. This is my house, this is my bank account, this is my car, my boat, this is what I've collected, this is my hobby, right? Let me give you a little advice. This is pretty important. Never base your identity on something that you can lose. Never base your identity on something you can lose. So you don't base your identity on your spouse or your kids because, God forbid, they die, which we're all going to die at some point, and then you live for another 20, 30, 40 years. Have you lost your identity? No. Or don't base your identity on your career, on your job, because it's possible you'll get laid off or fired or you become disabled in some way where you can't fulfill the duties of your job. And if your identity is tied up in what you do, you've lost your identity. Don't base your identity on your home or your things because sometimes foreclosure does happen. Or sometimes your stock portfolio does take a correction or will crash. Don't base your identity on your looks or your image because in some cases, beauty fades, right? Athletic ability fades. I play basketball uh, at 38 years old, and I don't play as good as I played when I was 28 years old, and I get that. And, uh, you know, what, what we used to call uh, jocks in, uh, you know, in high school, now a lot of those guys are just jokes, right? And uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> because our athletic ability fades and if we if our identity is caught up in those things it's dangerous. All right, turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In verse 17, you can highlight this in your Bible if you haven't done so yet, write it down, you can memorize this. This is a great verse. It says therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come this is talking about being born again a new start a new identity and what does that mean for us does that mean all of a sudden you're perfect or you never sin again or you never struggle no what it means is that you are no longer identified by your sin or your struggle or your past it doesn't matter what your life was like before christ None of that matters because when you receive Christ, you become a child of God. It's new and it's permanent. It's beautiful. There's a big difference. You are not your sin. You are not your struggle. You are not your weakness or your illness does not identify you. When you accept Christ, you get a new identity. In fact, uh, Pastor Bobby and I were talking about this. And uh, what what is the uh, public display uh, of your new resulted uh, decision to follow Christ? What what do we do in the church? Anybody take a guess? Water baptism, right? And we were talking about that and and, uh, creating some goals around 2015, saying, okay, how many people? But publicly identifying what's already happened in their lives, and and that's an important thing, that our identity has changed, and we want to publicly share that. It's a step of obedience, and we've got a pretty hefty goal in front of us, and we're believing God is going to move in a powerful way here at the Gateway Church in 2015 for people to get saved, And to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be water baptized, it's going to be an exciting year. How many are with me? Amen? Now, the world would say if you're not beautiful or educated or talented or athletic, then you are less than. But that's a lie. It's from the enemy. Only God knows the truth about you. Only God knows. And as we're wrapping up 2014, I don't know about you, we've been reflecting as a staff, We've been goal setting, uh, been doing that personally and then even uh, corporately with the board and with the, with the staff, like I said. And as I was thinking about some of this and reflecting back on 2014 and then believing God for some great things in 2015, I remembered a conversation that my grandma and I had last Christmas. I didn't get to see my grandma this year. She moved to Florida. We didn't make it down there. But last Christmas, she was still in Detroit and we saw them and we we're talking about life and we're talking about ministry and i was saying hey we're gonna be doing a series in first corinthians and i was sharing kind of that first that first week how jesus reminded the corinthian Believers, who they were, that they were sanctified and called out, and they were the ecclesia, the church, they and they had spiritual gifts and all grace and all peace, and they were enriched and they they were strong till the end. And and if you were with us early in the year last year, we talked about how the Corinthians in this letter that really was a correction for the Corinthian church and for the Corinthian leaders started off with God acknowledging. Who the Corinthian believers were. It was really powerful when we looked at that. But my grandma, she jumped on that and she said she said to me, she said, Ben, people too often are focused on their sin and on their struggle and not enough on who they are in Christ. And then she gave me something that looked like this. And some of you guys remember this. We did it in red last year. And what I'd like to do, actually, if, uh, a couple guys in the back, if you could help me, right on the seats next to you, Rick and Jeff right there, if you just move, move forward with those, and I didn't ask you to do this, if you, if you don't mind, we want to get one of these in every person's hands, young and old. We're going to do this again. My grandma said, hey, look at this. It's from a guy named Graham Cook, and uh, we were able to get it online and, and do this. Some people, when we gave this out last year, they framed it, put it in their office. It's still on uh, our refrigerator, I think, Nope, it's not. I don't know where it went. I thought it was, but anyway, it's going to be today, right? Um, But we pass this out at the beginning of the year, and what it is, it's called the stand, right? And what it does is it captures what Scripture declares is true about Christ followers, that when you accept Christ, you are a new creation, that all grace abounds, all these things. And I'm convinced, church, and we're going to go over this just a second, as we wrap up the year here. I'm convinced that if Jesus were to write you a letter this week or this year in 2015, he would start the letter with some of these affirmations. And what I want you to, I'm going to read these and I want you to kind of follow along and you kind of, kind of look, they're not in order, uh, but I want you to listen and read along. And some of these are going to pop out And they're going to make a lot of sense. Some are going to pop out and really you're going to question some of these. But this is what the Bible says about you. Your standing is. You ready to go? Give just another second. We've got a couple rows more to go. Your standing is that you are a new creation. You're a people for his possession. You're a royal priesthood. You are alive to God. All grace abounds towards you. All sufficiency is in you through him. You're anointed. You're the apple of God's eye. As he is, so we are in this earth. You're baptized into one spirit. You're baptized into Christ in his death. You're being perfected. You are the beloved. You are blameless. You are blessed. You are blessed with all spiritual blessings. You're, you've got bold access to the throne of God. You're uh, as bold as a lion because you're born again. You're part of the bride. You're buried with Christ in his death. You can do all things in Christ. You're chosen. You're a chosen generation. Christ indwells, indwells you with all his fullness. You're co- uh, you are co-heir with Christ. You're created for good works. You are curse-free. You are dead to sin. You are dead with Christ. You're declared holy. Holy. You're a king. You're a priest. You are a ruler. You're known to him. You're lacking in nothing. You are the light of the world. You're living by faith. You live by God's word. You're living. You are a living stone. You're made in his image. You're made rich in everything. You are more than a conqueror. You are a new creation. You are of a sound mind. You are ordained. You are a different people. You are God's people. You are pillars of God. You are prepared for good works you are the righteousness of god in christ you're a royal priesthood you are a saint you are the salt of the earth you are sanctified you are saved sealed you're seated with him in heavenly places you are a servant of god you are a disciple you are the elect you're enriched everything works in your favor and everyone said amen to that You're enriched in all knowledge. You're faithful. You're a fellow citizen. You are free. Yes? You're free from sin. You're freely given all these things that we're talking about, right? You're a friend of Christ. You're fruitful. You're gifted. You're given. You've been given all things. You're increasing in in the knowledge of God. You're inseparable from the love of God. Few more here. You're the righteousness of God. You're the temple of God. You are transformed. You're a vessel of glory. You're a vessel of honor. You walk by faith. You walk in the newness of life. You are a warrior. You are wise. You are a witness. And you are absolutely worthy of the Lord. That's what God says about you. And when you think about that kind of gift that comes with the gift of salvation, personally, that gift, the benefit, helps us to be less sin conscious. Gives us perspective, a different perspective about things at work and at school, with our siblings, with our, on our teams, with our spouses, with our kids. Our identity with Christ is is so key and then even corporately as a team our identity when we are unified when we have proper thinking together church the potential to influence the lakeshore is increased exponentially the potential to influence our world is unlimited and it all stems to who we are in Christ a gift that could never be taken away. Now, we've talked about hope, we've talked about peace, we've talked about joy, and the reality is that sometimes life happens. Cancer and debt and loneliness, adultery and pain, right? Addiction and divorce and death and abuse and infertility. But what I want you to know this morning... That no matter what circumstances in your life, no matter what, you can have hope, you can have peace, and you can have joy. Yeah. Now, Pastor Pete, I'm going to ask you and Deb here to pass these out to, these, to uh, 11 kids. Give these out here, all right? And see, sometimes our families will be hit with one of these things, or it could be a hundred other things, right? There are things that happen. There are things that can happen. And I want the kids that are holding these just to kind of hold them up, or just stand up for a second. But what I want you to know is that there's hope, there's peace, there's joy despite some of these other things that can happen. And kids, uh, students here, on the count of three, I want you to rip to shreds the cancer, the divorce, the addiction, the adultery, each and every one of these things. And when you do, you're going to have a resounding applause coming behind you. Because what happens is that when God steps in and offers peace in the midst of a divorce, or he offers hope in spite of the indebtedness. Or he does uh, the, in the, uh, the miracle even regards, even when there's death or pain. And there's joy in the midst of that. God, he gets the glory. And so this morning, on the count of three, we're going to rip those, all right? And then, church, let's support these kids and let's just celebrate with the truth that God with us, Emmanuel changes everything and gives us hope. He gives us peace. He gives us joy. Amen. All right. One, two, three, rip them up. All right. And now adultery is gone and pain is gone and the hurt is gone and the troubles, the trials are gone. Come on. The debt is gone. The infertility is gone. The addiction, the unemployment, the loneliness, the cancer. Rip them up. And God provides peace and hope and joy. And it's all rooted in who we are and what our stand is. And on that note, I want you to stand right where you are. This morning, I don't know everyone here, and I don't want to assume for a moment that you have a relationship with Jesus. What we're talking about this morning really starts with Jesus coming into our hearts to forgive us of our sin. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, we are going to give you that opportunity in just a second. The next part is believing the stand, believing and receiving the truth of who we are, knowing who we are, receiving that. And then there's a third piece that it's time, it's a time to give it, to time to be these things, to make a difference in our, in our own homes, in our own neighborhoods, in our own schools, in our own, uh, on the lakeshore here, and really across the globe. And some of you are saying, okay, I've accepted Christ, I understand who I am, right? But I'm still struggling. And I get that. I've been there. Sometimes I am there, right? But I want you to see a distinct difference, okay? And I don't know what you're struggling with. It might be alcohol or pornography, or it might be, uh, you know, addiction in some other way, or it might just be bitterness or anger. And, And sometimes we get identified by some of those sins, or some of those struggles, or some of the pain, right? But no, what I want you to see yourself as is yes. I am a, a child of God, number one, who struggles with alcohol or struggles with anger or bitterness. I am not angry. I am not bitter. I'm a child of God who struggles with pornography or struggles with indebtedness or whatever the case might be. No longer do I get my primary identification from my weakness Or my failure. Instead, we are found in Christ and in Christ alone. Amen. That's the good news. That's the great news. So I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you're here this morning, you say, "Man, I don't even know Jesus. I, I, uh, I don't even, uh, I don't, I can't put my mind around that. What that even be like? I don't, I don't know Jesus. I don't uh, have a relationship. I've never accepted Him." Uh, this is all new to me. Or maybe you've been curious and you've been kind of tracking along and you're you're sensing today that you're ready to make that decision this morning if you're here and you don't know the Lord and you're ready to say yes to Him, would you just boldly just raise your hand and we want to pray for you here in the next moment. Who here this morning say, yeah, that's where I am. I want to know Jesus as my personal Savior. I want to have that relationship. Yeah. Who else this morning says that's what I want? That's what I need. Maybe you've been away from the Lord and you need to come back to Him this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else? Okay. A couple people raise their hands. And I just want to pray and just to encourage them. Let's do that together. Just repeat this after me. Say, "Dear Dear Lord, please forgive me. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. I believe in you that you died on the cross, that you rose again for me. You provided a way to forgive my sins. Come into my heart. Make me clean. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's the greatest news. That's the greatest decision you'll ever make. Amen. Now, the rest of us, really for all of us, we need to believe it and receive it, but then we also need to give the good news. And if you're struggling today, and I want to change your thinking, that yeah, you are not just uh, someone you know, that struggles with alcohol. You are a child of God who struggles with alcohol. You are a child of God first. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what, the life, what, lo, what life is sent your way. And how many are thankful for that? Amen. And how many want to declare that in your life and to live that, to be an example? And so with your arms raised towards heaven, let's just ask the Lord to just bless us with the truth of who we are in Christ first, just in your own way. Just say, Lord, fill me with the truth with your love, with your righteousness. Help me to understand who I am in you. Lord, make a difference. Lord, help it to change me from the inside out. Lord, I pray. pray for each person here that's crying out to you, saying, Lord, fill us up. Help us to understand, change our thinking. And Lord, then we will be able to give that away not only today at the hygiene drive, but tomorrow in the office, next week at school. Lord, in our lives, we can glorify you in every area. Lord, we pray it. God, now I pray that as we wrap up this last uh, time that we're together corporately in 2014, I pray that you would burn your truth into our lives. And Lord, that it would make a difference And Lord, that you would go before us, behind us, and all around us. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. amen and amen. Amen. Awesome.